Hey mom! So today I am going to give my narration um, of the poem that I had to read from American Voices. Now this poem is by the editor of the American Voices book. Um, his name is Ray Notgrass. Um, he was 17 at the time um, when the moon landing occurred. And so his poem basically tells, um, speaking almost to the moon as if saying, hey, look, all, look, at, look at all these stars and everything. Look at how um, you've been surrounded by all this, the, this majesty. And look, there's this majestic moment, this satellite, this human satellite coming towards you now. And it's given in a very, um, in a very romantic style of poetry, like you would have had during the 1820s, um, 1830s, 40s. All that romantic style is very present there, which was surprising, I thought, for a 17-year-old, um, even during those times. Um, since the poem was very short, I um, decided to add a little bit more on, which is, uh, and what I added was, a part in the back where the same author, um, Ray Notgrass, uh, recounts his childhood as a baby boomer during the 1950s and 60s. And therefore, um, I thought that would be very relevant since I was reading about the late 60s and 70s. Um, so in the essay, or I believe it's an essay, he or, or perhaps it's a miniature, uh, it's like an autobiography or memoir. Um, in his um, essay, he recounts how, uh, what it was like growing up in the 60s, and, in the 50s and 60s as a baby boomer. Um, his parents were, um, his parents, his dad was a GI, during World War II, who was stationed in England. And that is how he met the author's mother, who was British at the time. They lived in the suburbs of the United States in the South. Um, it's a time that is somewhat the same and yet somewhat different than ours. It still has that um, little town feel because uh, literally, at one point, he describes two houses, but his second house um, was literally on the edge of town because their fence marked the end of town, which is kind of crazy because uh, most people don't uh, have those marked borders anymore in our modern cities. Um, you live in the semi-outskirts or something like that, but... Typically, cities aren't cities or towns aren't small enough to be able to mark your your boundaries by your backyard fence. And so he um, basically recounted how it was uh, growing up as a child of the '60s, um, the a child of the television age, where they watched, you know, the 
believe it was the Ed Sullivan show, the Andy Griffith show, um, the Dick Van Dyke shows, um, a lot of those typical shows of the American time. Uh, he, he called the kids growing up in the 50s the television generation, where they spent, the family spent most of their evenings watching TV. Um, you could say that was like the golden age of American television, but in a, in a way, I would say that it was also a time where families, instead of um, reading, they started, you know, watching movies and taking in what the media gave them instead of actively being a part of that, if you know what I mean. So, um, actually that, but side note, that actually blends in pretty well on what Ben Carson, uh, in the Ben Carson movie. So I finally understood the whole deal with the movies, with the watching movies after school and everything. Um, after that, uh, the author recounts a little bit of what it was like growing up in the 60s in school, um, in secondary and high school. I mean, sorry, in junior high and high school. Um, he said that he was in high school when they actually um, started implementing the non-segregation laws. And most of the students, he said, accepted it pretty well. Um, and it went, for the most part, smoothly, except for one day where some of the um, black students... Um, Felt, felt that uh, at some one of the classes something had happened and they felt um, they felt hurt so they stayed behind in the auditorium instead of going into the class and then the school superintendent spoke um, what the author describes as a really lovely and sympathetic um, speech and things pretty much went back to normal. Uh, the, uh, the author was also, uh, as I said before, 17 when he saw the moon landings. He used to go to youth group um, on Sundays at, in the evening. But for, um, for that day, he stayed behind because he wanted to watch the moon landings. Um, in conclusion, like at the, towards the end, the author sums up everything and looks back um, as to what he would have changed, what he would have done differently. He said that uh, he probably wished that he had spent his time more wisely um, because he would, he, he, at the first sentence that he gives is that he's the pretty much the most typical baby boomer out there. Like, he did what every single baby boomer did at the time. Um, but something that he said was that he wished that he had been a little bit more conscientious about the things that were going on at that time. The, he had stood up for, um, stood up against segregation and just not gone in, you know, um, given into the status quo. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people nowadays. Um, still do. So many teens see only 
what comes after school, the, the friends they're with, whether they're popular, the stuff that they wear, things that they wear to school, and they're so fixed on the moment that later when they're adults, they regret having been so focused on the present and forgetting about the actual stuff that was happening all around them. Um, other than that, uh, he said he was very thankful about, thankful for the opportunity that he had of just living life and the bountiful life that he'd had even after his childhood as a baby boomer. So that's pretty much my narration. Uh, thank you for listening and I love you, mom. Bye.